She's good. Hi, everyone. Welcome to She's Good. My name is Julia. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary Beth. And today, this is She's Good, by the way. The three of us make up a podcast called She's Good, where we talk about learning about and supporting women's sports. Um, We are, in fact, three friends that... um, (laughs) <laughs> allegedly Just no, our, i feel like our, that was um, aimed at me <laughs> <laughs> she looked directly into your eyes which is just to say i could she tell looked at the camera yeah. i could tell because she knew where my she told me where my square was earlier so oh yeah exactly. no it's, it's shifted it shifted oh oh because um our guests turned off their video and back back on again and that shifts things um yeah uh well our our uh, manager and producer and our like um, benefactors told us that we had to say that we are friends, um, but yeah, or else we wouldn't get like the money they're giving us. So. Exactly, and it's so <laughs> the much. friendship money is a lot. So they we say must. <laughs> women get paid like only you know seventy something percent of what men do, but it's like we're good with whatever we get for this podcast. It's Honestly. so much. Yeah. Um, In fact, I asked them to give me less because it's so much money. It's so much. It's like, what do you <laughs> like, do? Just with give me less. Yeah. We're not greedy. I know. And we could give it to charities or something like that, but we don't. Um. But anyway, okay. So a little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> I did say that we had a guest, and well, it's a special. It's a special one. And I've said each of our guests so far are special, but this is extra special. Um, because one, first off. It's the first man of the pod. Uh, <laughs> what? You uh, thought you were listening to a <laughs> women's podcast? You came here specifically for that? And we just like have a man on the podcast? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a, a special male because it's not, it's, it's not in fact the first sibling of the podcast, but it is the first brother of the podcast. Oh. And, well, we'll get to all the rest of his credentials once we introduce him, because his name is Ben Schroeder. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. It is my honor to be here. I'm a big fan of the show, and uh, I made sure they're giving me 25% more money than you guys for appearing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You did suggest that. And we were like, And it makes uh, sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, that's cool. I said, look, you know, this is a women's sports podcast. The one thing you need is a male to talk about things. So I better, I better be getting my money for it. Exactly. <laughs> you earned so it. We actually ended up giving our cut of like each podcast episode. We like gave ours to, to Ben. Yeah. We've been saving it all in a jar to specifically <laughs> give to you today. That, yeah. that was, that, that was my condition for appearing on the show. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And Ben has a good manager as well. Um, yeah. It's his big great Dane called Harvey. Yes, <laughs> he uh, he's he's very responsible, um, and uh, he most of the money I'll be earning for the show will go into his dog food. So <laughs> <laughs> it'll just pay for like a kernel of dog food. <laughs> yeah, just about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but joking aside, I just do want to say that this is not going to be mansplaining because we're asking you to explain it to us. So <laughs> it's just going to be explaining. Yes. So, yeah, we're very excited because we have a lot of questions about a lot of things. I, I so. will. I'm 
I have I I'm sure I'll have some answers, and the ones I don't, I will uh, I will I will say them confidently, so it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Good, wanna, good, yeah. exactly. That's what we do. When it comes from. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely what we do. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've spent as, our whole time. As Ben Franklin said, a lie stated confidently is better than a truth stated meekly. There we yes. go. <laughs> and see, I believe you that that's a Ben Franklin quote, even though I don't know if it's true. You I don't do know too. if it's true. We yeah. will never know. There's no way to know. <laughs> there's no actual <laughs> way. Can't ask him. Much like m- most of this podcast, there's no actual way to know what the facts are. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel. <laughs> so I just yeah. state everything I say confidently and move on. Exactly. <laughs> Secret to success. Yeah. Yeah. This you have been a long-awaited guest in the many months that we've been doing this podcast because you um not only are a sports connoisseur and have played sports your whole life, which, you know, we'll get to, but you're also, you know, you're an avid women's sports um, supporter and you often are the one like Katie telling me when games are. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. I, uh, particularly women's soccer um, and English women's soccer, uh, especially in the last couple of years, I've, I've tried to follow pretty closely as I'm sure we'll get into, but, um, yeah, Arsenal have always been my favorite team. And, uh, so I've, I've made sure, um, made sure to, to let you know every time, every time they're on and especially with all the, uh, American women playing in the, the super league this year, it's been, uh, it's been that much more fun to watch. Yeah. It's been fun. And they've gained like a lot of American supporters because of that. Yeah. Um, it's been nice too, cause it's been an excuse for us to like, figure out how to watch those games because they don't make it super easy. I mean, it could be a lot harder, but, um, you know, you got to wake up at like seven 30 on a Sunday. Sometimes it's like, (laughs) Like, I'm used to that. I've been, I've been doing that for, (laughs) cause I've been watching the men for so long that it's and I've always, always use it as an excuse to drink in the morning. Um, (laughs) it doesn't count as being an alcoholic if there's soccer on, so you can have, yeah, that's a good point. That's That's another life principle to live by. I feel going to write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's partly what, like, you've been an Arsenal fan and in in turn an English and and European soccer fan for a long time, which means you are well-versed in, like, all of the leagues and everything going on. And one of the things that we literally have zero idea about is how all of these leagues are a thing. And is it a league or is it a, a tournament? Yes. And is it a team or is it a tournament? <laughs> are they a human or are they dancer? And exactly. <laughs> these are all my questions too, like the list. Yes. And for people who are just kind of like joining and like getting into like sports or women's sports in general, like, yes, we have been watching a lot of, a lot more like European soccer since the, <laughs> since the U.S. all migrated over there in Corona times. Um, and it's just like we've we like Katie mentioned, it's hard to follow and hard to know. Like Man City and Man U will play each other in one tournament on Sunday, and then they will play each other again on Wednesday, and like called something different. And so we're basically like we called you on the pod for a lot of reasons, but this is one. Like, can you explain all of this? 
Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it's, it, I'll start by saying I get confused by it sometimes as well. And it's, okay, it's, good. Yeah, it can be yeah, especially fine. confusing in the, with the women's uh, competitions because the format has changed um, seemingly every season. But basically the kind of the, the bread and butter is the league, uh, the domestic league. So each country uh, that has teams basically has their own league. So they, in England, for example, they have the, the women's super league is like the top tier. WSL. Um, WSL. Yep. And like France, they'll have the Liga, I think it is called. And then, you know, Spain, La Liga, all those sorts of things. Those are all the, like the top tiers. And so they have each country will usually have uh, their system divided into different tiers. So every team that's under the, Football Association, which is the like the English governing body, basically, uh, is is like basically structured into leagues. So the WSL is the top league. Below that is the championship, which is confusing because that's the second division, <laughs> and that's yeah, I know. And the, it gets weirder because the third division is called like the Women's National Division One. Um, and <laughs> the same way in the men's it's, it's, it's yeah, completely stupid, but basically that's, but then within, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt no, you, no, but go, I did it ahead. anyway, but like within those different leagues, is it true that they can like, if they're good enough, they can be like bumped up to the next level? Yes. So that's, okay. called pro- that's called promotion and relegation. So basically I yeah. learned that from Ted Lasso. Nice. I was going to, that's, <laughs> I, he, they made a joke about how funny it is that the championship is the second division and how confusing that is. Cause it's a, yeah, same in the men's. Okay. Um, but basically it's in, again, this is one of the things they've changed, like the kind of the format of it, but the top, I think it's now the top two teams in each women's league get promoted to the next division up and the, bottom two teams get relegated to the next division down and the WSL. Oh shit. Yeah. So if you finish, if you finish last or second to last in the men's league, it's, I think it's the bottom three, um, you get relegated. And in the lower divisions, if you finish in the top three and they have different, there's different stuff within that, but basically for, uh, simplicity, simplicity's sake, if you finish in the top three, you get promoted to the next division up. So it's like, it's sort of like how we have minor leagues in like American sports and baseball. If the minor leagues, like the winners were to get promoted to the the major leagues. Um, okay. And then if you, in the WSL, there's obviously no promotion because there's no divisions above it. Um, but the top, I, th- I don't remember if it, it's the top two, I think in, in England play in the next year's champions league, but that's a whole different competition. You played alongside the we can we'll get into that because that's okay, okay, that's okay, okay. kind of that is confusing yes, yes. So, we've been the, wondering about it yes so the basic <laughs> the easiest way to understand it is in the league it's just head-to-head and the it's just standings the teams with the best record at the end of the season as the champion and then it's ordered like that and every uh every team plays every other team twice once home and once away and so it's extremely so it's very fair you just you play each there's no like kind of all the scheduling is done as fairly as possible basically you know manchester united plays chelsea once at manchester united once at chelsea every other team does the same thing at the end of the season the team with the best record is the champion okay got it so yeah so that's basically how the the domestic league uh works and that's the same in every country Oh, same in every country. So that was my question. Like Spain would have La Liga and then they have ones underneath that too? 
Correct. Yeah. So all all the European leagues work in that in that way. That's okay. Convenient. So you know how like <laughs> that is that is convenient. Maybe we should adopt something like yeah, that. Maybe yeah. Maybe we should follow everything that the rest of the world does. Sometimes. Yeah. Do they then have like a? So if somebody wins the league, like has the best record, but do they also have like a championship game or playoffs in any way? Because I know like with the NWSL, they have like the shield winner, like whoever has the best record. And then they have like whoever wins the championship. Those are different like awards or whatever. So it's sort of like that, except the difference is those are completely separate competitions that really have nothing okay. to do with how your performance in the league. Mm-hmm. So there's the the league, the champion is just the champion. And that's probably the most prestigious trophy you can win in um for like english teams besides the champions league which is a whole again a whole different thing but the other tournaments are there's the fa cup and then the continental cup okay the conti cup is that what that is cup yeah okay or the league cup conti cup continental cup league cup all names for the same thing so basically this is those are the two most confusing things because they're two totally separate tournaments for english teams they each are a different trophy but they're, they're slight differences. The, the difference is the league or the, the FA cup is every team in the English FA. So there's like 300 teams, it's like five tiers of, of leagues, like 300 teams. Anybody is allowed to enter. If you're a, if you're within the, the FA, um, so no matter how low of like a minor league team you are, if you're an F, if you're a football association team, you compete in the FA cup and it's just a straight knockout tournament. That's kind of cool. cool. Yeah, so what I'm yeah. hearing from you is the three of us, and you can be our coach, are going to move <laughs> to England. Yeah. We're going to start ourselves a team. We'll find some people. We'll, we'll get it going. <laughs> and we can then compete in this in this tournament if we can get the FA to let us be accepted. That's right. That's right. Okay. You have to yeah. be you have to be accepted into uh, into one of their leagues, but it's uh, most a lot of them are pretty Easy. low level. I so think, I think, I think we know. can do it. I think, I think we can we talk can them manage. and do it. We've been trained in improv, so we can do it. <laughs> we, you're two thirds of the way there. Again, just making it up as you go along, and and if you play with confidence, that's that's you know the most important thing. I'm gonna exactly. do anything. I'm gonna base our team philosophy off of everything Benjamin Franklin has taught us, exactly. and we're gonna be. The electricity and confidence. Yes. Lights, confidence <laughs> and yeah. bifocals. Our team sounds like we got our, <laughs> That's our motto. Like yeah, it sounds like we got our banner. Our, uh, yeah. If you trade we the Latin, Benjamin we can put Franklin's. it on the patch. <laughs> we'll get Mitch to make scarves for us. Frank, Franklin United, how about that? <gasps> I'm into like it. That. I'm writing it down. Electricity, oh. confidence, bifocals. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, so yeah, and that's the FA Cup. The, the, one of the reasons the FA Cup is so cool is you get like literally Sunday league teams that are just you know local teams that meet at the bar and or the pub they call it in England obviously, and they go like just go play on Sundays. And those teams, if they're in a you know organized league, they get into the FA Cup. Oh my um, God, I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, and, and there so could they, be like an upset maybe. There and that's <laughs> that there always are every single year. And the way they structure it usually is like the really low level teams enter at the beginning of the tournament, um, and they all play each other. And then like WSL teams won't enter until the later rounds. Okay. So teams like lower level teams, there's always somebody who like goes on a run, and you end up having you know, like Arsenal playing. Uh, whoever franklin like, united yeah, franklin united <laughs> exactly and um and in the again this is deep into the weeds but the um when the really low level teams play they if they go play at arsenal for example 
I think it works this way on the women's side. I know it does on the men's, but they split the ticket revenue 50, 50. And so if you play like, so on the men's side, obviously if they're drawing 60,000 people at Manchester United, they split that ticket revenue. And that's like two years worth of budget for like a, you know, low level shit. And then they also get to play in that stadium. Right. And they always get, you know, a lot of, they'll get beat like six, nothing, but it'll be the greatest day of their season because they get to play in front of, you know, Mm. and sometimes they'll, they'll pull a huge upset and it'll, it's just a, really really cool tournament oh this sounds I like want my to ticket out of this, this sounds England. like my ticket out of this <laughs> yeah. basement everybody it is time <laughs> it is time yes i've that seen the looney tunes so, so i have cool. some tricks up my sleeve and i know we can get past a few <laughs> yeah. a few things <laughs> yeah i did recently watch an animaniacs episode where they like competed in the olympics yeah. um and it was like weightlifting or like it was like against this big bodybuilder and they they had some tricks too that were that were really interesting and i think maybe we could take some notes from that as well if i had to guess i would say wacko won some shit is that correct yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they all placed they all definitely okay. placed and then gave the money to the bodybuilder because he was like crying or something oh yeah well i'm not gonna do that if i went <laughs> no no we're keeping that money to do more podcast episodes yes. of course yeah. we're gonna give it to ben when we're done yeah, yeah we're gonna, gonna yes. <laughs> i was gonna say i was waiting i was gonna let you come to that conclusion on your own but just harvey <laughs> already called me and told me we had to <laughs> i wouldn't put Harvey's it past on him the couch. <laughs> yeah. but that that like that sounds so cool to me like i know football is like soccer I, yeah football <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about I was like oh I got it wrong um but I know like football is very like you know it's everything over there so that's like that's that just sounds the culture of that sounds just like like it would be a ton of fun yeah it's it's really cool just even to follow kind of from far away and yeah it, it would be like in in America they have like the the open cup which is sort of similar like that my the I live in Grand Rapids Michigan and our the local team Grand Rapids FC is like literally the lowest level minor league team, but they one year competed in the open cup. Um, and that you end up playing like the same kind of idea, but it's just not as it's, you know, not as they don't broadcast games on TV. It's not as prestigious. So it's, I think the FA cup, the men's FA cup is like the oldest competition in, um, in England or maybe the world. I think, I don't know, something like that, but it's been going on for, you know, 200 years or something like that. That's what I was going to ask is like, what's the equivalent in the U.S.? It seems like, okay, we have the, for the women, NWSL, for the men, MLS. But then I guess there are like. There's like the USL, right? Is that like associated with the MLS in any way? Yeah. So there's now they have like USL1, USL2, and then NPSL is where the, is that's where Grand Rapids FC is now, I believe. Although they're moving up to USL2 next year supposedly anyway but yeah it's the same sort of idea where there's a bunch of different tiers and then you there's a lot fewer teams though in the u.s um and but yeah. like in england they'll have like every small town as their own team um and so they all will end up going into the competition okay I, we should shout out grfc real quick one that you played for them and two that our favorite bethany balser mm-hmm. also did she she certainly did okay. i saying I played for them is a loose way to put it. I was, yeah, I, I was mostly on the, uh, the training slash reserve squad. And, uh, did you I, have I a did, Jersey? That counts. I, I had a Jersey and I sat on the bench for, uh, 
for three games towards the end of the season. So that sounds I, like there you go. You play claim to fame, but yes, but you know Bethany. what? There are some excellent goalies that's keepers that sit on the bench because you can only have one. Yeah, yep. that is field. true. That is true. And in my case, I was, uh, I was four, fourth string, I think for most of the season. So yeah, it was, uh, there, there are only, there are only three ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, Bethany, Absolutely. Bethany had a much more distinguished career for GRFC. They won the uh, national championship in oh, their inaugural season. And she scored literally like hat tricks in like four games in a row on the road God. to the final. It was, she was absolutely ridiculous. That's um, crazy. Course, now she is where she is. Yeah. Yeah. Scoring at the national level, which is yeah. insane. Yep. <sighs> so, yeah. So that's, um, anyway, that's the FA, the FA cup. Um, and that's, that's the, probably the most prestigious domestic knockout tournament. The other one, the Conti cup continental cup, um, which again, they also call the league cup. That's like the lowest level competition or the one they kind of care about the least generally Okay. that. So the league cup, they only, uh, the top two divisions play, I believe play, uh, those two teams are in the league cups. I think it's like. 22 or 23 teams. So what are there like 11 teams in the, in the WSL and then the championship, those are the only teams that play in the league cup and okay. they okay. get divided into groups of four or maybe, maybe there's, there's like eight groups and some might have more than four, but that's like the world cup where like the top two in each group advance to the quarterfinals and then they play knockout from there. Gotcha. And so that, yeah, again, that's its own competition. And then like, leagues uh divisions three and four like the national women's national league or whatever they call it in uh uh they play each other in their own league cup and they call it something different because it's got a different sponsor but the conti cup again is that's just the top two leagues and they have a knockout tournament playing each other okay yeah so see you are like making things make so much sense and i have like like has researched (laughs) <laughs> I have tried so hard to understand some of this stuff. And I'm just like, why are you doing this to me? Like, <laughs> why can't you just like, I'm like, can someone just like write an article that explains everything? Like I have looked and I'm just like, I don't get it. So it's, this is I, so helpful. Part of the problem is that it changes every year. And so the, like yeah. the Conti cup in particular has mm-hmm. gone from like group stage to not to straight knockout tournament and then back again. So I was the earlier this season, I was or earlier this year. I was like, my wife and I took a RV trip up into Northern Michigan. And so I was like, kind of just following games on my phone and I saw that Arsenal had lost to Chelsea. And at first I thought it was in the league. And so I was like, oh crap, you know, that that's a big loss. And then I found out it was in the Conti cup and I was like, okay, well that means they're out of the Conti cup. And then I found out that it's just, that's the group stage. So they only had, it's just a loss <laughs> in the group. Stage. So it was, I, even I, you know, I have such a hard time following it uh, at, at times, but yeah, it's basically, those are the three, the three main English trophies are the league, the FA cup, and then the Conti cup. Okay. Um, okay. And then, so then the champions league is, that's like basically the, the, every league in Europe, the winner and some, if the league is prestigious enough, the second team will qualify for the following season's Champions League. So basically, the top two teams in the WSL this year will play in next year's Champions League. 
this but that's year, a tournament, right? It's not an actual league. Okay. Okay. Right, and it's okay. structured the same way as the Conti Cup or the or the World Cup, and it goes on kind of the whole the whole year round. But basically, yeah, it's, again, group stage, and then the top teams in the group make it to the knockout rounds. So you oh, might not necessarily okay. like if you make the Champions League tournament for because you won the previous year, you might not even have the same players. Exactly. Because they could have like switched teams. Yes, exactly. It's, Wait, so how does that work then? It's yeah, you just play with the team you have. You just play with the team you have, yeah. So Wow, okay. It's so think of it I, I, you sort of think of it as like, you know, if you guys played soccer um youth soccer in America, you know how you always have like your league and then there's turn you travel on the weekends to go to tournaments and those tournaments are totally separate cups or whatever and they're their own thing. Um, and then the league is its own championship. And then like we had the state cup and which is just a knockout tournament. So they're all separate. The only difference in England is that they kind of go year round. These ter- okay. they all kind of like coincide with each other time wise, but yeah, it's the, it's the say you play with whatever team you have currently. And so the champions league, you could win the league with one. So like, you know, if Manchester United win the league this year and Tobin, Heath and Kristen press go back to the U S they'll be in the champions league next year with, without, you know, without those players of a whole different team. Interesting. Got it. And that's how you end up with man city and man, U playing themselves against each other on Sunday and on Wednesday. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So usually, usually the way it works is the league games will be on the weekends and the cup games will be in midweek. Not okay. always, not always, but that's generally how it works. We and then it seems quick, like oh go, oh go ahead Jules no no you go you go I was just gonna say it seems like the schedule is l- like less crazy than like the NWSL schedule where they might play like two games a week it seems a little like more relaxed and that <laughs> it's just like spread out over the year longer is that yeah. true they do with the with the women's league in particular the men um, they especially around like Christmas they always pack it in. Cause there's yeah. more teams. There's more teams. Here's Harvey. Hello, buddy. Oh. Hi, Harvey. <laughs> he, He's he here for his to, money. I know. I know. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. We're, we're going to pay you. We'll pay you at the end. You'll um, get your 20% Harvey. Exactly. He's like 20%. I thought we agreed on 25. Um, so, yeah. So what are we talking about? Oh yeah. The, um, the women, cause there are a lot fewer teams, uh, the games, they don't, don't have to pack as many games into the schedule. So it's, it is a lot more spread out. Um, and I think, but it's a longer season. The NWSL season's a lot shorter. Uh, and so this, I mean, the English league and the European leagues basically run like the school year. So it's August until, you know, almost June. And so they have a lot fewer or a lot more time to, um, pack in the same number of games. Got it. Makes sense. So I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to ask, well, then what's, is UEFA just like a different, another version? Isn't there a cup? So that's, that's the, like the UEFA is the one who they organize the Champions League. So they're, that's like an organization. They're like like CONCACAF, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. And, and the football association in England, so the FA um is like the the domestic that's like the english version and then uefa is like the europe europe wide um, okay so my background is starting to make sense for people who are um (laughs) watching you will see (laughs) so leon we know won this right it was that they win it they they win it every year yeah they win constantly (laughs) yeah 
that's yeah they, they're kind is, of oh, good they're like a no, dynasty you go, you go. they're like the yeah. man man you <laughs> the yankees uh better the better Red than Sox. that yeah oh, probably okay. closer to, to real madrid um in Got recent it. times anyway but they're much more dominant than than real madrid the um but yeah, they. Uh, it used to be like the this, uh, couple of Swedish teams would would dominate. Actually, the only English team in women's to ever win it is Arsenal, and they won it in like 2007 or 2008. Um, and uh, but they and have. Needable was just a kid. I don't even know if she was born yet. Honestly, she's so young. But oh yeah. <laughs> God, I hope she was. She and Katie still in the womb. Yeah. But actually, so <laughs> their best player then was um, Kelly Smith, who is one of the commentators on um, the uh, FA Play. Or is she on NBC Sports? I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. But she's one of the she's one of the color commentators uh, in for the WSL. Okay. Cool. Yep. So, what is it about Arsenal that? you like is it that it's like a gun or are you like what's your feelings about the second amendment and also <laughs> i don't know i'll have to my wife's a psychologist i'll have to ask if there's uh, some, some deeper, uh, deeper meaning there but no actually it's pretty simple that um i started watching in like 1998 and that was the u.s uh the 1998 world cup and the u.s team was terrible so i started following the dutch national team and because julia and i are dad's side is dutch and uh they had a guy called dennis bergkamp who was basically the viviana medima of his of his day and okay. uh, he, he played for arsenal and so that was like i basically started following him and became an arsenal fan that way and uh then yeah just be kind of came came became hooked over the over the years and that that became my team I remember you... Bergkamp posters up in either the <laughs> oh, room. Oh, very or... nice. Totally. Julia can, yeah, Julia can corroborate that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but, like, how do you start following this league that's, like, you know, halfway across the world in 19, in, like, 2000? Like It was impossible. Actually, yeah, so the, fun, it... the, funny, <laughs> the funny thing was, so you couldn't really, you could sort of follow them online. They didn't broadcast, they might have broadcast games if you had a special cable package or special channel which we did not have uh but the the way that i sort of connected with them was with video games and that was i think really common for people in our generation <laughs> julia knows who we're talking about yeah so i had like fifa video games and i would play with arsenal and that's how i learned who all the players were and uh like how all the league that that is honestly how i learned how all the competitions and how the leagues worked because you start playing okay. you play like a season with arsenal and you're like what what is this like fa cup thing that i'm how is this different from the league and then so you kind of learn that way how everything works um and then so I be, it sort of became familiar with them that way. And then much later, like the late 2000s, they started to broadcast games on TV. And then the last 10 years, you know, basically every game is broadcast on TV from, from England now. So that's kind of how it, how it evolved. So it's like a long, like brewing uh, support that you have. You're not just like a, oh, Arsenal, cool. <laughs> like, you, if, but, if you know. Yeah, if it exactly. was recent, if it was recent, I would probably not be an Arsenal fan because they've been so bad recently. But I was gonna uh, say, I see a lot of <laughs> tweets that are like, "Arsenal like loves to break my heart." Like <laughs> now, it's just the guns that. That's my us. that's my street cred. Is you know I can I can prove how loyal I am because the the team's so bad that uh, I'm not not a front runner. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Have you ever like been over there and watched a game? 
Yeah. So twice. So I, I studied abroad in um, Spain and when I was in college, I was there for six months and went to London at one point and watched a game in 2008. And uh, yeah, 2008. And then just two years ago in 2018, um, Maggie and I, my wife and I went back to, she's got a friend in Scotland and we stopped in London uh, and watched the game then. And so, uh, That's two, so cool. two very cold, cold days and two very boring games, but it was, uh, it was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fun to be there. And, and, um, yeah, it was, it was just super cool. But now, now I have to go back and, and, and see a women's game, which I've, uh, I've, I've never gotten to do. Okay. We'll all go. I was going to say, let's do it. When we're over there for our tournament that we're going to be in, we'll we'll catch some beforehand. So (laughs) Frank's United is going. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's touring. Oh, I love that. Wait, so then what do you attribute like um, popular, like popularity of like um, Americans watching soccer and especially watching like um, European soccer in like the more recent decades? Honestly, I think a big part of it was the, kind of what I just described the evolution from video games to it being broadcast on TV, mm-hmm. because like, you know, my generation, that's what, when we were growing up, you know, everybody played FIFA. That was just, it's soccer for yeah. some reason, just so fun to play on video games because, you know, there's more goals and in, in real life and you can, it's just, you play quick games and it's the things that Americans find boring about soccer were really fun. And so that sort of created that, like, emotional attachment to different teams because everybody just picks a team and starts playing with them and then once you actually start playing with them and then you see them on tv and you're like i know who all these players are you know i know who this other team is and i know how these competitions work that sort of like laid the groundwork for that fandom um and and it's it's funny because just recently they started including women in the fifa video games yeah um, which was, a you know, a long time coming obviously, but I think that was a huge, hugely important thing because it's like, now you can play with, you know, Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan and mm-hmm. Kristen Press and all these, all these people that you saw on TV. And then you can turn around and go like, watch them play for their own teams. And the fact that that plus the fact that more games are being broadcast on TV now is a, a huge, huge thing for like the popularity of, of women's sports, because it just creates that kind of, you know, emotional connection. Yeah. The way my brain related to this, when you were describing that is that I was like, well, you're right. Because if I like found out that all the Mario characters were real, I would watch NASCAR. Like (laughs) (laughs) I would be very into it. So I, I do subscribe to this theory oh Yoshi's video game on. Theory. We gotta go. yeah <laughs> she's riding today guys did you see when toad hit that banana <laughs> no oh my, oh my god actually if, if you could ride over a banana peel and like actually yeah i would watch that <laughs> yeah i, I too much would more watch nascar yeah and the red shells and everything uh, yeah and no one would get hurt i i don't want anyone to get hurt Unless except you for, fly except off for Wario. Way. I don't know. <laughs> Wario, I, sometimes I really wanted to hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I hated him. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Especially oh, playing Waluigi. against him. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's funny, though, because I think there's sort of a, a – persistent myth about, you know, why certain sports are popular and, and, um, 
you know, people will talk about, oh, soccer, there's no like, you know, it's too boring or too slow or, or you know, they're missed about women's sports in particular about how, you know, the, the difference in athleticism. And I think that's pretty ridiculous because if, if you just compare it to like college sports in, in the U.S., they're for me, for example, I I watch a lot of college football, American football, but I don't watch any NFL um and obviously the nf the college football it's like the guys aren't as athletic like it's a it's a you know a less skillful level of gameplay theoretically but it's so much more fun because Mm -hmm. it's got the you know just the rivalries and the local kind of uh connection it's and it just for me that means that it has less to do with you know, any kind of like athletic skill or, or gameplay at all. It's, it's about your emotional connection to the team. And so that's why I think like recently with, um, you know, women's sports in, in particular people like as the, uh, NWSL starts to establish itself as a league and people kind of create these attachments with like, you know, Portland thorns, OL rain, and they, you know, get used to the rivalries and, and those kinds of things develop. That's what makes sports popular totally. as opposed to totally. you know any kind yeah. of any drama yeah, exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. yes yeah. definitely oh my god yeah that is so that's so true just like let them stick around long enough to like uh, and 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 i also think like the development of like social media and just media in general covering um oh nice mug um <laughs> it was a gift it was a gift from julia by the way yeah Ooh. <laughs> Um, oh, heck yeah. Arsenal. We, we are a gun family. Okay. <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. It um, says, it says, uh, the second amendment, uh, come and get them on the other side. No, it actually says wake up, <laughs> wake up drink coffee, beat Tottenham. <laughs> okay. So you it's like, America, ta- come and get it. <laughs> ta- come and Tottenham take is, my guns. Tottenham is, uh, Arsenal's local rivals. They're, uh, okay. yeah. so that, that's, they're both North London teams, like three miles from each other. Oh, okay. That's is the men's Tottenham team like good? Because I know the women's team struggles a little bit. No, no comment. Okay. <laughs> They're histor- Yeah, that's a whole different. That's a whole different story. They have historically been uh, not not great, but they are. Uh, they've been quite good recently. And and You're like, I can't say because I can't shit talk my teams. So. <sighs> I know. I know. They, it's a it's a temporary. Uh, it's it's a temporary thing. <laughs> Oh, man. Not, yeah. And, and okay, my brain's going 800 different places, but Tottenham Women is, of course, where Alex Morgan um, played in her little stint. And um, that sounded re- reductive, but it, there's sort of short stints this year. Anyway, she just, it was just announced that she's coming back to the U.S., no longer playing with the um, Spurs. And... There was also an article saying that she like basically got got Tottenham to um, change their training facility to some like kind of I don't want to say dumpy but like less good than the men's to pl- to now training full time at the men's like really nice facility um, and that was like sort of her major legacy there. Uh, yeah, it was, like, very cool. Then her her time there is worth it. Honestly, that's been such a cool movement the last couple of years. And I think a lot of 
belatedly, a lot of clubs have gone in that direction. And I think, I think it was Megan Rapino was making some comments disparaging how long it took Manchester United to invest in their women's team. And she's yes. absolutely right. Yep. Um, but, that, and it's true. And not to, again, not to, you know, be a homer here, but Arsenal has been the team, one of the teams that have for a long time invested a lot in their women's team and it's why they've been the best historically the best team Chelsea. Yeah. I was going to say, that's why you look at like, who's won the most and they've won like, you know, eight titles or something like ridiculous. It's no coincidence that, you know, Chelsea and Arsenal and actually like a couple other teams like Birmingham um, who don't have a very good men's team, but they put a lot of resources into their women's team um, and they've all been the most successful. And so it's in, in recently some teams have caught up and teams like Manchester city, you know, their owners are a bunch of war criminals. So it, with no morals at all. So if they're investing in their women's team, it's not out of the goodness of their hearts. It's because it's a yeah. good business investment. And so it's, it's, you know, it's clearly a, you know, viable commercial uh, vehicle in addition to being, you know, just a good thing for the world. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I feel like there's so much like background stuff about like the English teams that I don't know like that little <laughs> aside that you, cause I'm like, I would love a Sam Mewis Jersey, but I'm like, I don't know enough about these teams to feel comfortable. Like, you know what I mean? Throwing my support. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm a, you know, what's that stand for? I don't know. City's city's big the big oil. one. City's the big one you want to avoid. Cause they, yeah, they're, uh, they're owned by, um, the, the Emirates government and, um, basically they use the club as a tool for soft power. That's a whole different argument. And it's, oh my goodness. But, it, but it's basically, they use it for like, you know, to, cause their jerseys say like Etihad Airways on it. Yeah. And Arsenal and Arsenal is no exception. They're sponsored by, you know, fly Emirates airline. Um, and so that's, you know, a lot of kind of governments with human rights violation problems have used, you know, English and European soccer teams to whitewash their, uh, image, which is how, Qatar and now, got uh, NWSL up. team too. The is Washington that right? Spirit. Yeah, they're oh, really? Like, they're doing like, uh, I, I forget how it's even worded, but like, they're going over to like, okay. I don't have enough information on the tip of my tongue about where they're going. I think they're in Qatar, can, aren't they? Is it Qatar? Qatar. It's Qatar. Qatar. Yeah. Yeah. Pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. So they're going like a, like a, I want not peacekeeping <laughs> mission. That's the wrong word, but like a cultural <laughs> exchange with Qatar. And people are pissed about it. So, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big problem. And that's how, you know, Qatar is where the men's world cup is in 2022. And there are huge, huge issues with that. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, they, they use that sort of thing be- because they know people have emotional attachments and, you know, idiots like me will wear things that say Emirates on them. Um, because I love Arsenal and that's their sponsor. And so then people associate, Emirates with Arsenal instead of, or, yep. you know, Manchester city or whoever, and instead of, you know, uh, human rights abuses. I mean, I'm literally wearing a Jersey that says like, uh, Jersey Mike subs on the back. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know if they're owned by war criminals, but I think you might be safe right. Right. Yeah. 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 But well, you know, Jimmy we Jones. wear this stuff. Jimmy Jones Jimmy is Jones. a problem. Yeah. That is true. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, just, it, I was just gonna say there's a minor league baseball stadium in Utica, which is like a, podunk city about an hour from detroit that uh that hosts like a tiny independent baseball team in there it's called jimmy john stadium and so it's, <laughs> it's just funny to imagine people boycott freaking yeah <laughs> Utica. oh man 
God. <laughs> All I was going to say is when you first brought that whole point to my attention, Ben, I go, this is why you need to be supporting the NWSL and women's leagues on Facebook. And then I, I immediately texted you and I was like, oh my God, this is probably so beside the point. And then sure enough, freaking one, we have like the, the Utah Royals kind of go up in flames from their like bullshit. The, um, oh, well, rain, like French guy who was just like misogynist sexist that's the same thing um you can just say and, french yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh god the oh, france stands okay, are gonna come for us the french stands and the jimmy john stands are we're on their list mm-hmm. we're very <laughs> conscious of all of our the potential stands that could come for us <laughs> this could get to anybody <laughs> um yeah we're, we're in full support of qatar and all they do so um, just so we get that on the board. just to yeah but it is hard to be to find like an ethically um you know an ethical support I don't know it's just the world yeah. we live in yeah. capitalism yeah totally and, and, ruins and I think a lot. that's that's why it's it's yeah it's kind of a, a fool's errand to even try because in and the other problem is the more popular a league or a team or anything gets the more money it's going to make and the more it's going to attract, you know, terrible people. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, you can't avoid it. You know, you see in the WNBA with like, you know, Kelly Leffler owning a team. I mean, oh, yep, yep. it's, if there's money to be made, terrible people are going to be attracted to it. So that's, yep. there's no Arsenal are owned by one of the like Walmart heirs, <laughs> one of their families. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not even like, he had nothing to do with actually, you know, d- developing the business he was just you know born into the family and right yeah so there's there's no use even even trying to to moralize over it at this point um yeah but city is kind of an extreme example i think a lot of what helps me sometimes is like not you know is more like the supporters groups because i yeah. feel like mm. they do a lot of good i mean i'm just speaking from like the nwsl perspective because i don't really know like what other supporters groups do but they seem to do try to do a lot of good like within the communities and like giving back and raising money for things and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i don't know that's kind of like been helpful that is a good point and in the fall series nwsl fall series the they like you know were competing for basically like I don't know, like $20,000 or something. And each team chose like a um, charity or, or um, whatever, like local business or something to support. And so, you know, all the money that, you know, whatever team who did win Portland, Portland. Portland. So like all the money that Portland won for, for winning, of course, um, went to like, I think it was like this, black owned business or or yep someone chose the aclu like it so yeah things like that are i mean let's just hope that kind of stuff keeps up yes. yeah yeah and that's that is such a good point you made katie too because it's it's unique to in america those kind of supporters groups are i think unique to soccer um like they don't have them in baseball or basketball or anything like that mm-hmm. that I know of but they it's in and it's sort of it, it's a tradition that I think that got carried over from England and from you know, from Europe but it's really really kind of well done and well organized because it's a more tight-knit community in the U.S. uh just because yeah. like MLS and NWSL have smaller fan bases and so mm-hmm. they um the people who are 
really devoted to the team are are very committed and they right. yeah, do a ton of good stuff in the community. So that's that's it's a that's a that's a good way to to connect. Yeah, for that's sure. Awesome. Last thing I want to say on we on like um weird money in in leagues is <laughs> Ben brought an article to our attention and just like an issue in, in general. The the history of English women's soccer is so odd too that I, Ben, you can like um, talk on this, but basically um, women's it's like almost England. like an, a league of their own situation. I, yes. That is absolutely what I thought about <laughs> when I read that article. Exactly. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Go ahead. And I, I was going to say, I mean, I literally learned about this on like Thursday. So I just, I mean, it was like two days ago. And so I, um, was kind of reading about the, like the history of just English women's soccer and all the, how the competitions have evolved. And I learned that it, in like the early 1900s, women's soccer was as popular as men's soccer. And for a time was more popular and would draw like bigger crowds and make more money and everything. And they like right after world war one, it got to be, it, women's soccer got to be so popular that the FA, the football association, the English governing body effectively shut them down. And it wasn't a, it was the way they structured it was that they banned women from playing in any stadium owned by the FA, which is essentially every large stadium in England, which pretty much, you know, killed any chance at a professional league. And the they gave some stupid reason for it like it was harmful to women's bodies or something yeah like, or like it would mess exactly. with fertility or like yeah. something like that yeah exactly what you'd expect from men yeah. in the 19 early 1900s <laughs> um yep. and so yeah and that for like 40 years or something like that until the 1960s prevented there was no women's professional league and then they finally lifted the ban in the 1960s and but even like at that point it was you know men's leagues that had the chance to develop over 40 years. And so women, it was a long time, even after that, before they started investing in women's soccer again, but really yeah. it was just such an eye opener and it sort of puts the lie to a lot of myths about uh, what we were talking about earlier, the myths about how popular women's sports can be and how, you know, there's just, I think there's a lot of myths in the popular consciousness about how uh, women's soccer can never be as, you know, women shouldn't get paid as much because women's soccer can never be as popular as men's. Whereas in reality, it's more about investing in, you know, investing in leagues and investing in teams and stadiums and everything. That's what makes a difference. And it's sort yeah. of like a, you know, it's like in the field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. yes. It's that sort of thing. If you, if you build the stadiums, if you put the games on TV, if you put them in video games, like that's how the, that's how you're going to attract fans and that's how you build the popularity of a sport. Yeah. It's crazy because I think off like often about the fact that like the U S women's national team has been like so dominant, um, on the national level for a long time. And so much of that is just about investment. Like they actually had a federation that while they weren't investing the same amount as they're investing in the men's, they still had a federation that invested more in them than, you know, a lot of other countries. Um, it's just like, it is crazy to think about. It's so true. And I think about like, even 
1999, when the women's the women's World Cup, I think about the story I told told earlier about how I became an Arsenal fan. After the World Cup, I followed Dennis Bergkamp and figure out what club team he played for. After the Women's World Cup, you know, everybody who watched that was obsessed with Brianna Scurry and Mia Hamm and Brandy Chastain mm-hmm. and and Michelle Akers and everybody else. But they had there was no established league to watch them in, yeah. or no video games mm-hmm. you could you could play. If they had all those things, like I would have become a women's, I would have you know become a fan of whatever women's soccer league if it had existed at the time, and so those sorts of things are finally starting to develop. And that's why I think, you know, if they maintain that level of investment, there's, it's just the, the future is going to be hopefully a lot brighter. Yeah. They did end up making a Mia Hamm soccer game that had like basically the national players. I do remember playing it. (laughs) Julia's like, I had it and I loved it. (laughs) I had it. I still play it. I will play it when we're done. (laughs) I play it every night before bed. That would be fun. I was never good at like those types of video games. So I, I I don't know, Uh, like sports video games. You know, I played a lot of like backyard baseball, backyard soccer, like on the computer. Yeah. Pablo. I loved Pablo so much. (laughs) Yeah. But I also wasn't good at those games. At all. <laughs> it was more about like the outfits and like getting to and like how them. cute everyone was. Yeah, ninety five percent of sports is outfits anyway. So. Yeah, so that's yep. what we say. That's what Benjamin Franklin said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's one of his more famous quotes. <laughs> I mean, look at the guy, and you can tell. Totally, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I mean, the guy he invented bifocals. I mean, he was yeah. clearly a fashion icon. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't wear two glasses. <laughs> Just one. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin, the original hipster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, we would be remiss to have you on this podcast without asking you about your job and what you do, which is very fascinating. Do you want to tell us? Do you want to tell us what your job is? Yeah, so I, uh, I I work for a company called Sidex Sports here in Grand Rapids, and we design uh, analytics software for baseball and hockey teams. And basically, we uh, main uh, area of business is Major League Baseball, so we sell to the software to Major League Baseball teams, and they use it to scout opponents, analyze you know their players, uh, like use it for like training and it started as like statistical analysis software and developed into uh like video software so now teams will use it to uh you know break down uh like do sort of data analysis and then link that to video and use that to uh again analyze their opponents their their teams um so again for a long time it was it was mostly just major league baseball um if you've seen moneyball it was in the a's used the software in moneyball to uh sort of gain an advantage um and then that became it became more widespread as these things usually do once one team gains an advantage everybody else kind of plays copycat and so uh kind of spread across the league and um more recently got into hockey. And so about 15 years ago, we broke into the NHL. And then uh, in the last 10 years or so, we moved into college baseball and also college softball. So we, uh, yeah, we have about maybe 15 or 20 college softball teams that, that use our software. Um, and so I've, which is, I have gone from knowing nothing about softball to 
like knowing a little bit about softball and, uh, and I actually got to university of Michigan's one of our customers. And so I got to go visit them and kind of see what they were doing. And they have an amazing kind of array of technology that they use, uh, for like ball tracking, video analysis, you know, statistical analysis. Um, and they, they put a lot of resources into it and a lot of kind of, uh, uh, money and time into, you know, giving their players and coaches analysis tools. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So you get to work with like in sports every day. That's really cool. It is. It is cool. Not and soccer, it, but yeah, well, and, and it's, it's a funny thing. Cause one thing that I've sort of noticed is that I, um, I grew up like playing both baseball and soccer and I've become much more of a soccer fan and I think with working in, in pro baseball, it's, it's harder to be a fan in the same way because, yeah. you know, we grew, I grew up in Detroit, grew up loving the Tigers and hating the Yankees. And I still love the Tigers, but like we work, the Yankees are one of our customers. And so we work <laughs> with them and so, well, they pay us, but also like, we know like they're people and oh, yeah. like, yeah. They're, you know, they're good people. I like them. <laughs> so it's like hard to hate the Yankees, um, in the way I used to. And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's becomes less sort of, it, it becomes, yeah, more, it's, it's very fun. And a lot of times it's, it's cool. Um, but it just, ch- it changes the way you, you view it. So I've, I've sort of yeah. a little bit glad that soccer has sort of stayed. I can hate, I can hate Tottenham without knowing anybody who works for them. <laughs> yes. I, can, yeah. I can pretend that they're, you know, they're all evil. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's easier yeah. to have that cognitive dissonance. It's much easier to be like, die Tottenham when you don't know someone who works there and you've never spoken to someone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It does. There is a lot of, uh, sort of, uh, reveals a lot about human psychology and, and how, you know, it's, it's harder to harder to hate up close, but I, that's a lesson I refuse to to learn when it comes to sports. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. It's amazing. No, go ahead. Meg Linhan says that, um, being a sports fan is, torture but you love it or or something like that i don't know something like that <laughs> i hope <laughs> that she said or something like that or something must, like that something she must like... be a, she must be an arsenal fan yeah she's <laughs> yeah she's not very good with words so like, oh. <laughs> oh no don't say it jk obviously jk mag jk mag did you guys just lose another listener yeah. <laughs> yeah, Meg. I, yeah, it, it was Meg. She's she's our number one fan. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, I do love Meg Linehan though. But that's that is a great point though. Oh, and I do want to say on the record that I watched Moneyball last night to prep <laughs> to prepare about your brother's career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I gotta say, I. That was a great movie. I've been meaning to watch it since it came out, partly because of my, you know, personal investment in it, <laughs> and I just haven't. I, it was really good. I think I I've only it. seen it. I've only seen it once, um, and it was because I've read. I read the book. Oh yeah. At least uh, probably at least twice, and I can't. I cannot believe they made a good movie out of that book, just because it doesn't really lend itself to the like. If you've ever read the book, it's just it's. So it's like Michael Lewis kind of behind the scenes, you know, story. It doesn't really lend itself to, you know, a, a book about statistical analysis doesn't lend itself right. to a movie, but they do such a great job of it. Oh, and it was um, so good. Yeah. yeah. 
and and they put our our software was in there for you know i don't know 10 seconds or something like that and yes. they just did some mock-up of it never told us about it or anything like that and oh, shit. i think i think technically <laughs> we could get we could get royalties for it but it's based on how long it's in the movie and it would have come out to like 15 dollars or something like that. <laughs> oh man it wasn't Wait, worth so, the legal fees exactly exactly oh god right my question is is so it was was it literally sidex software uh it's yeah if you look at it oh it's you see that jonah hill when he's plotting like pitches yeah. in the strike zone during a game he's using exactly like they've clearly mocked it up um but they've you know it's are clearly our screen fucking cool so i was, tell everybody when i tell i tell everybody about your job in my frame of reference is always you know moneyball that's they use um sidex's software but then i'm like wait once i saw it i was like wait wait is it <laughs> like it's did true. i lie to people for years <laughs> have i been making this up again if you say it confidently that's all that matters <laughs> but the exactly. thing is you have to understand that this company is like five people total Yes, that is, that is. Oh true. shit! Okay. Yeah, we we work in my boss's basement. Um, in uh, it's not even in Grand Rapids. It's a suburb. It's in Wyoming, Michigan, which is a suburb of Grand Rapids. So it's uh, and I've worked there for ten years, and yeah, just I've been working from That's home awesome. this, during the pandemic. Wild, but yeah, it's yeah. just we work in his basement, and we bring <laughs> really three our cool. dogs. So Harvey's a Harvey helps out when whenever he can. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I, I will it. work there. I will work <laughs> yeah. I'll watch the dogs. Whatever. That's, yeah. <laughs> Has its, it has its benefits. Oh, that's it. We'll, we'll only pay you 75% of what we normally would, though, because you're a woman. Yeah. That's what I expect, honestly. You know, we have to, we have to, keep, up with to it. It. We have to keep up with industry standards. Yeah. <laughs> There's standards for a reason, so. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Wait, and then my, so my last question on that is, like, there's, I completely understand why a sport like baseball and softball and I don't know anything about hockey, but I understand why hockey would be on there. Like, does it, would it have the same ROI in, in like sports like soccer or is, like what makes soccer and, and baseball so different? Why is baseball such like a, like statistic sport and soccer feels more like, I don't know, go do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's a re that's a really good question. And actually, with baseball, it's mostly because every event that happens is discrete. Like it's you know, it's a pitcher versus a batter. There's no running clock time. It's just everything. There's a pitch. There's a ball in play. There, you know, everything is measurable basically. Um, and so you can analyze anything that happens on on the field to whatever degree. Um, whereas with even with hockey, it's a lot harder because there's you know. 47 things going on at once and they all affect each other baseball. It's, you know, it's all, it's a series of like one-on-one -on -one duels basically. So it's a pitcher versus a batter. And so you can say if there's, you know, just to throw out an example, Justin Verlander versus, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, David Ortiz, he, you can see what the history is with Justin Verlander versus yeah. David Ortiz and use that and that's there's no other there's nothing else really affecting their one-on-one -on -one battles uh and so you can say all right if he's data ortiz is hitting you know 300 off of justin verlander his career that's he is solely those two people are solely responsible for that matchup with hockey if somebody scores a goal 
there's 10 different people on the ice that are influencing that event. So, you know, the goal scorer gets credit, but how, you know, how did it happen? Who set it up? Like, where was everybody in position? And so it's a lot harder to kind of isolate who's responsible for what. And in soccer, with there being 22 people on the field, it becomes even more complicated. Uh, And so it's, that's why I kind of like that about soccer because it kind of defies analysis. And there is, the other answer is there is a lot more like sort of analytics that go into it now um, with, with soccer. And I generally avoid those because it makes it, again, makes it harder to be a a fan if you're kind of treating it as a, a, a math equation, but basically it's more, it's more of an art form, like the, the way the gameplay happens because there's just a bunch of different people moving. It requires teamwork uh, and, you know, kind of moving together and understanding each other. And if somebody scores, it's again, you know, 22 different people are responsible for it in some regard. And so it's harder to, that makes it harder to analyze who gets credit for what. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Cause in, in baseball, you could, you could even be like, you know, when this batter has three balls and no strikes, they tend to do this thing. If they get this type of pitch, you know, it's like in a way that you can't do that with soccer because as much as baseball is a team sport, it's also like such an individual sport also. Yes. That's exactly right. Individual responsibility. That's really cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, uh, there's almost an exact quote like that, that it's, I I think it's, it's something like it's a uh, individual sport disguises as team, team sport or something like that. Um, And it's kind of the irony is you with baseball, it's so much harder for, like one person can't really carry a team, you know, the best Mike Trout's the best player in baseball and his team sucks because everyone, I mean, the people around him aren't good enough. Whereas with basketball, it's like, you know, it's a team sport. Everyone's, you know, moving on the court, working with each other, but you can like, if you have the best player, you have a major, major advantage. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's funny how the, the, it's a little bit paradoxical on how that works. Totally. Totally. Oh, that's that I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. I'm like watching Julia think see about her it. Wheels turning. Yeah. Like, like I can, Jordan. it's like that meme where like LeBron you can see it. James. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it. Fewer Michael people. Jordan. Michael Jordan. <laughs> I think there's steam coming out of your ears, Jules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, okay. So then, um, is Jonah Hill's character? Is that you? Know him? You? Yeah. yeah. Is it you? <laughs> is I, you? He is based off of somebody that I have met. He's based <gasps> off a guy. I, like. Julia's is so happy. Not for his autograph. His uh, his name is Paul DePodesta, uh, and he is he's been a GM of somebody and and didn't do very well. Um, but I, still somewhere. He honestly, I think he might have. I might be botching this completely, but I think he transitioned into NFL. I think I might be mixing up with somebody else, but he has sort of, um, he was in and out of like baseball front offices and, uh, for whatever reason, they didn't use his real name in the, in the movie. I don't know why. Um, but that's who Jonah Hill was based off of. And I I met him at winter meetings like 2010 and I just, I don't know. My, he, he, my boss knew him from, obviously from the Moneyball days. And so he just introduced me. Um, wow. But that was, that was that. 
but oh, cool. oh hilarious story but this is not related to anything but billy bean so he's the um the, who brad pitt pays plays in Moneyball, and um so winter meetings uh, which is just that's in december usually in a normal year they uh like all the front office people for baseball teams go to, they hold a different city every year. Um, last year's like San Diego, year before is Vegas. Um, this was a couple of years ago, it was in Nashville. And basically all the, all the teams, like again, front office guys just go and they have meetings for like free agency and working out like, you know, just kind of deals for the next season and just stuff like that. So we always go down and just meet with all our customers and go through like off season upgrades and, and things like that. But usually it's like meetings all day. And then at night, people just go in the lobby and you just go and drink in the lobby. And yeah. so like they'll have, and if you watch on ESPN, they'll for whatever reason have like, you know, panels talking during winter meetings, which is stupid because it's the most boring thing ever. But if you look <laughs> in the background, it's just people standing around drinking in a hotel lobby. <laughs> um, and so one time, this is in Nashville and uh, it was at the, um, the Grand Ole Opry Hotel. And we we're out in the lobby with Billy Bean, who, what, who's actually an Arsenal fan, by the way? This is getting, yeah, totally again unrelated. But he, well, full so you yeah, are Billy but, Bean, is what I, you're telling. Well, I, no, <laughs> I wish. Um, but he was so, and he's unmistakable. He's like I don't know, six foot four, six foot five, something like that, and and like real thin. And he comes out into like I saw him walk out of the lobby and i was just standing out i think so we were you just are him no no we were waiting but there was like there's a bunch of people kind of like standing around outside and it was a bunch of like old dudes like um and there was one guy who was like a you know his name is jack mckeon who is like a uh, just a baseball old timer he had like a cigar in his mouth and we're like oh my god that's jack mckeon whatever and this and it clearly are people around him kind of flaunting over him and this guy, this tall thin guy walks by us and nobody's paying any attention to him and i'm like that looks like that kind of looks like Billy Bean. And then somebody pulls up in like, you know, a Nissan Sentra or something and leans their head out and is like, I have an Uber for William. And he's like, Yep, that's me. And gets in the car and drives off. Oh, you're like, that was Billy. That was Billy. That was William Bean. <laughs> and nobody, nobody, it was me and the, the guy, the, um, my friend who lives in Nashville, who I was like there with was, we, we both looked at each other. Nobody else noticed. And we were like, that was Billy Bean, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. That was great. Oh yeah. Well, that's in my opinion, a perfect story to end on. Um, Unless anybody has some closing remarks, some closing thoughts and prayers, um, <laughs> we can say grace at the end of it. We usually do. We still hands and pray. Um, I mean, I just thank you for coming and yes. chatting with us. This has been so such a nice conversation and very helpful. And I thank yeah. you. I had so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. It was it was uh, it was a pleasure to chat with y'all. Thank Aww. you. And thank you for like probably solving a lot of our group chats that yes, happen so at bad. like <laughs> where we're like, what is this? And everyone's okay, like, oh. Ben. Or or we yeah. would be like, okay, this all right, we'll have to ask Ben about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no yeah. problem at all. I was uh I, I'm again I'm a big fan of the show. I was a little disappointed we didn't have uh, a, a one of our patented transitions from one topic to the next. <laughs> Do you want me to do one? Yeah. Can we? Can we? You want me to end the show? I I want to get my money's worth from a Mary Beth transition. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Julia, get your end. Get your 
end recording button uh, ready, okay? Okay. All right, everyone. The, button. the show is over. <laughs>